You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Stewie, what up, my man? What's up, friend? How are you? Man, just uh, enjoying this beautiful Colorado morning. Yeah, man. Both here in uh, Colorado, sitting out on your porch and uh, excited about the next challenge we're going to do. We want to talk about it a little bit. Heck yeah. We're going to call this one DAF December. For those of you who are not familiar, a DAF is a... Donor advised fund. <laughs> Donor advised fund. Exactly. Just like I said. Um, hey, so what we want to do this month with uh, Christmas and holidays, we want to focus on giving. And so we came up with a kind of a three-pronged uh, challenge that, that would be a continuation from Brovember. Uh I say it three times. Basically, for those of you who participated with Brovember, we had set up a uh, challenge for nutrition, uh, movement, and mindfulness. And it, pretty challenging if you, you know, if you uh, had, had participated fully and tried to get as, maximize your points. It was a pretty challenging, uh, challenging thing. And, and what we're really focused on this month is taking some of those goals that we set and some of the uh, primary priority focus areas that we want to affect change. Maybe take one of those from each of those areas and uh, focus on that and really try to solidify those as habits this month. So, so you effectively get about 60 days of doing something that uh, is just high priority to you and, and a, a new habit that you want to to uh, take into the new year. So that's part one of it. Yeah. So example, I would pick uh, drinking 100 ounces of water for the nutrition, uh, doing yoga, stretching 30 minutes a day, and um, and then reading the Bible every morning. Those will be my, my three focus points that I want to create new habits for um, and try to focus on those every single day. Yeah. So really, it's just a continuation of November from that perspective, just to, to kind of really solidify some of those priority things that we want to change in our life. And then there's a second part of it, uh, which which I think is pretty exciting. And Stugo, go yeah, ahead. So that's and, uh, the, uh, the, the giving portion of, of uh, we, we created the donor advice fund, the, the storehouse giving fund. And, uh, you know, end of the year, um, you know, it's Christmas season and we really want to focus on on giving more than receiving. So. Uh, we want to set up a challenge to those that are in, um, being a part of this to, uh, hey, let's, let's, let's create uh, some generous giving um, to someone else, uh, to uh, either a, uh, a nonprofit organization that we decide on, um, and uh, let's raise a bunch of money. Um, we have the giving fund set up. It's going to be an immediate tax write-off you know, for those that, uh, that give to it. It's a, it's a nonprofit itself. Um, we'll send a link out to those that are going to join us. And what's that number we said? Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand. We want to raise ten thousand uh, dollars in December. Um, so let's let's tell people about it and let's uh, let's get our, our generous hats on and let's let's raise some money. Our generous hats. I like it. You like that? I do. Uh, and that'll be copyright copyright in two weeks, and <laughs> you can request to permission to use it. Um, and then uh, there's a third part of it that is uh, there, we've got this cool card thing that Stu's family gave our family that we're going to participate in, which is pretty rad. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So it's, um, um, it's kindness cards. We actually have a whole deck of cards here. And again, it's kind of getting in that spirit uh, of, of giving and, and being kind. And uh, so uh, every single morning, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, pick a card out, um, a, a kindness card, and we're going to, we're going to send it out to the group. And it's really just kind of one, random act of kindness and, and just kind of getting into that Christmas spirit in the heart of giving and serving. Um, and some are, you know, pretty simple. 
Uh, and then others are, could be a little bit more challenging, but the goal is to like get your family involved and get your kids involved and show your kids and your family um, what being generous and what being um, in the spirit of Christmas is all about. So, you know, example, I just picked one is, you know, if you're at a restaurant, send dessert to another family at a restaurant, like just randomly buy dessert for somebody and send it to them or wake up early and do your siblings chores or take a treat to the fire station or write a thank you note to somebody or say good morning and thank you to public service workers. Just kind of random acts of kindness. We'll post those um, to, to our platforms, our social platforms, to uh, the communication um, device of choice. And, um, and then we'll just uh, see how many uh, random acts of kindness we can do through the month of December. Awesome. Love it. So Daft December, it's a continuation from Brovember, from a workout, nutrition, movement, uh, mindfulness, uh, to extend that challenge, build some, some strong, solid habits. We're going to focus on giving. We're going to hopefully raise 10,000 bucks and hey, let's, uh, let's, let's beat 10,000. That'd be awesome too. And, uh, and then we're going to do some very intentional, random acts of kindness and generosity to, to really uh, solidify the meaning of the season and uh, make December an awesome month for us, our families. And uh, hopefully you'll join us in this challenge. All right. Uh, if you weren't a part of Brovember and you, this sounds fun, sounds interesting. You'd like to be a part of it. Hey, just reach out to us. You know, you can reach us out to reach out to us on all, all the social media channels, email, phone, text, um, you know, however you, you want to get a hold of us, let us know. And then we'll, we'll get you included uh, in, in the group and in the challenge. Good. Great. All right. Go fill your storehouse. Make it a great day, friends. See you. Def. December. Do it. Boom. What's going on? What up, Stu? Drew? Stu, Drew? Stu and Drew. Good times. And how's it going, man? Drew, good to see you, brother. Doing all right, man. Good to see you guys. Smiling faces. Looking good. Yeah, man. I mean, you're in the same city as me, and I haven't probably seen you in like two years. That's, well, uh, that's, that's uh, not, not good, man. Not good at all. We need to, we need to stop okay. that. Well, I mean, Drew did say before the show, before we started recording, he said he hasn't really hung out much in the last year and a half with people that he likes. So that probably tells you something <laughs> that he doesn't he doesn't like you is how I read that. How <laughs> I heard that, it. That That's how I heard it. it. Sounds right. like a little reworded, but uh, you know. <laughs> hey man, it's our show, dude. It's what I heard. It's true. It's all good. <laughs> Well, Drew, um, hey, this is, a, well, for our listeners, Philly and Starhouse podcast, uh, we have our friend Drew Morris on today. He is a, uh, a Naval Academy grad, uh, fellow alumni, uh, a veteran Marine, and now uh, one of the top realtors here in Denver. He actually helped uh, my family find our house, and my wife was a huge pain in the behindy for, for him and his team. And uh, we probably looked at what, Drew, like, 82 houses, 182 houses, something like that, yeah. all, all over, like spanning the entire metro of Denver. And he was incredibly patient. Uh, you learned what you like, what you didn't like. It worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Drew has, uh, he, uh, he got out of the Marines and, and became, jumped out on his own and, and uh, honestly like an amazing realtor and has what dude, like you're one of the top realtors in Denver now, right? You know, I some people would say that like <laughs> some people so many different uh, rankings and award structure. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Been up there. 
Yeah, man. Uh, well, you do a great job, but, uh, if for our listeners, if you don't mind, like, could you just kind of give them a little bit of uh, backstory of like who you are, where you came from and, and kind of what you're doing now? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, commissioned Marine Corps, um, 2006, uh, served on active duty for eight, seven or eight years. If I can do the math, I uh, got out in uh, June, went on terminal leave in June of 2013. So what actually brought us to the Denver area was, um, the recruiting station. So I was down in Camp Pendleton for a few years, operational side. One of the, and I'm sure a bunch of people can identify with this, wanted to get into something for a B billet that I knew they wouldn't touch me because at that point they were like plucking people and sending them uh, across the globe for IA billets and my wife wouldn't have it. Um, they were like, okay. I asked my my XO, like, what, what can I get into? Got into recruiting duties. Like, he's, well, he, he recommended it. Um, Put my name in the hat for Denver because we just thought it would be cool to live by the mountains. Had no connections out here. Got selected, came out to Denver, and we wanted to stay. One of the plant roots and um, start a new life. You know, start a family and all that. And uh, put my, you know, I guess resignation in and in June of 2013 was terminal and got licensed in real estate that same month and kind of jumped in um, and went from there. So. Yeah, crazy times. <laughs> what uh, what why real estate? Like, were you already doing real estate? Were you an investor? What was uh, what was kind of the the uh, the transition? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, man, so I have no real estate family background, anything. Um, other than my dad, most of my life was always like, you know, you need to buy rentals, like buy, buy properties, right? Go and, you know, what we are told when you go to duty stations, you should buy, buy a property and keep it. Um, but, you know, when it came time to transition careers, it was, I, one, as I learned that I like sales um, while on recruiting duty, and it wasn't because I was like, I love to smile and talk to people and, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and sell things. It was more, I, I found that I really love the sales process and how it was actually more of a consistent, uh, a consistency thing and a, um, an effort thing, an activity thing, rather than like a personality thing. And so that resonated with me. So as I was looking for new careers, I was like, I, I want to be in sales, something sales related. But as we were looking at that point, so that was like 2012, you know, the, it was right before kind of the economy and things took off in, in the Denver area. And so everything required me moving away. Uh, and that was not why we were getting out of the Marine Corps. We wanted to stay um, here. And then everything else um, also required traveling a ton. And it was like, well, I can just stay in the Marine Corps and travel a ton. Um, so nothing was really lining up for what we wanted to do and what we, what kind of, the kind of life we wanted to have here. So we actually, um, it was my wife was like, hey, you should talk to our agent who bought, who helped us buy our home. When we moved here. So I started talking to him. And it was the one thing that I was like, wow, this is actually kind of exciting. It kind of it feels good. It feels like it could be something I could really get into. It's um, it's the one thing that was actually a little scary. It was different. Um, so we, we kind of went down that road and just said, you know what? let's do it. Let's just slap the table and start moving forward with it. And, and so I think, um, in like January of 2013 is when I just started the licensing stuff and decided that's what we're going to do. And, uh, and did it. 
Now, real quick, was it was the decision to get out? Was that a Marine Corps driven decision? Like you went, came to Colorado, knowing you want to get out, or was it we love Colorado, we want to get out, and so you punched? It was, it was a little bit of both. We moved out here because we wanted to be in a place where if we did decide to get out, it was in a more of a major metro area that wasn't tied to a base, which now I'm like, uh, actually it's a really, there's a really huge defense uh, presence. Uh, But we wanted to be away, but we also uh, just wanted to try something different. But it was while we were here, I think just living out here and establishing roots and learning, loving the lifestyle and the place, we just figured this is where we wanna be. Let's actually just stay. So that's when we decided to just pull the trigger. Because, yeah, I was, you know, I had career school next, already lined up. You know, I had all, of course, everybody was like, why are you getting out? You know, you know the, the typical thing from your command. Um, and I actually really loved the people that I served with and loved being around Marines, loved deploying. Um, you know, one, it was excited about what could be next as a captain going, you know, back into the fleet. I mean, there's a lot of good things that were going to come our way, but I mean, ultimately, we couldn't imagine we couldn't see ourselves doing that same lifestyle going forward and trying to have a family. Cause I grew up in a, a Navy family. My dad, you know, was deployed a ton. Um, and just how we had like, the, you know, he's had a lot of geo batching as well. So we just didn't want to, we just want to live like that. Um, and then, you know, I got to do everything I wanted to do in the Marine Corps. Got to deploy, got to do the MU, got to be at an infantry battalion. I mean, all kinds of good stuff. So um, we moved on. Yeah, man. It's uh, military life can be tough, and David knows a little bit about that right now, doing some yeah. some geo batch time himself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I have tons of respect for guys that can, and the families, and then the wives that and partners that can that truly can be on board and support that because it's yeah. very it's tough. It is so tough. Well, do you talked about you know kind of making that scary move, and it sounds I mean it sounds scary to me. And David and I are about to transition out, and we've talked to this on our podcast before, but like. I mean, I feel like that David and I are pretty set up. We have lots of different options, lots of different stuff in the fires. And, um, and it's, it's still pretty nerve wracking. Like I'm still nervous about that transition and not having that steady two week paycheck and you move into a place where you didn't have anybody, any family, any connections besides just the Marines that you're serving with um, and not being in real estate and transitioning out with no like plan of, of what, paycheck is coming next and going into real estate that's got to be pretty scary dude um, yeah absolutely terrifying yeah man like how how did you kind of get get through that like how did you continue to push forward you know there, there was it was a there was a big faith piece too we were we were always just confident like we knew that that was probably a, it, it could be from the outside a stupid decision like why would you leave salary to non anything uh you know it doesn't make sense because you know our typical our peer group or well maybe you guys are uh i guess you guys are a lot further ahead than i was like at that point but like our peer group the typical thing was hey you're gonna go you apply to business school you get in you go to school for a bit then you get your business management uh you know job somewhere consulting whatever it is mid-level management and you make a nice salary you keep moving on and so at that point, that's what was happening around me. And I was like, I felt like this kind of weirdo, you know, going into this. And 
back to, you know, it was, it was terrifying, but I think, I mean, we really looked at it. We said, okay, based on what's in the savings account, based on what we have available on a credit card. Um, and, you know, if I have to dip into like retirement savings, like, okay, we can last about this long. Yeah. And based on everything I'm learning from people, if I just do these things and are willing to just kind of stretch it out, we, we should be okay. And, you know, I think there's a, a big part of it was just the burning the ships mentality, right? Like, hey, there's no option. Yeah. There, there's no other option. Like, this has to work. Um, so I think that helps a lot or it helped a ton because we were just like, we're just going to figure this out. Um, and it's going to be a part of our life. We're just going to, everything we do is going to be about this. And, you know, we're just hope, hope it happens. <laughs> so, um, but you know, the planning on the money side, that was important, right? You can't go into this and be, with nothing set aside because you truly are set up for failure. You can't, you can't do it that way. You have to have something to come into or something to help buffer that, that time period. Yeah. What was interesting is that it wasn't until my, I'd say it's about my 18 month mark where actually that was where I was more in the red and really hurting financially 18 month mark. Um, I, I had, I think I had like my, one of my last closings for the year was like in, in October and I didn't have anything close until March of the next year. And about four months into that desert, well, let me back up, up to that October, you know, I still hadn't met my income. I hadn't matched my income from the Marine Corps from the previous 18 months. So I was, I was still kind of slowly bleeding out um, over the, that time. So finally, I got to this kind of stop where I was like, man, I'm literally I'm taking some money out of state or um, retirement to pay, you know, the next couple months bills, whatever. And I, I, I remember vividly being like in my office, um, which a, was a home office and a bedroom. Right. Uh, and I was like, okay, I can, I think I, I was like, I think I might need to get a part-time job to like pay the bills. And I, and whatever, for whatever reason, like it was, I was even talking to like some of our friends. I was talking to Bree about it. Um, like, this is what I think we need to do because we're really hurting. Um, and thankfully, or for whatever reason, mentally, I just, I couldn't grasp doing that. I couldn't say like, okay, I'm going to now split my time and go spend time doing something for minimum wage. I don't, I don't know, whatever it would be. I couldn't mentally do that, even though I knew it would probably be an option or it should be an option. So, you know, what we just decided to do is like, we're just going to dig in more, like this somehow we're going to just make this work. And thankfully, you know, through connections and through some of the people that I worked with, like mentors, you know, we, we ended up have been able to close on something in March and actually out of that, that was my first year that that would have been my second full year, but I guess my, that was 2015. That was my first year that I crossed like the six figure mark in income, um, in real estate. So it, yeah, it was like, you know, the same kind of cliche thing, like darkest before the dawn type thing. Like, um, that was exactly how that felt. And then from that point on everything else, just kept humming and getting better. So there was that point where it was like, most people 
or I could see where it would be very easy to quit. Like I would have had to financially. And that happens pretty often um, in this industry because it's just the reality of, uh, of getting started. But yeah, that, uh, you know, it's interesting because that's what they say. A lot of small businesses and I'm trying to think of the book that, that, um, where it, I think tipping point is the book where it talks about like you get right, you're right there and it's so hard and you put in all this effort and then it, it just, and then you stop. And, and if you potentially would push just a little bit longer, it, it, it could, you know, it'd be the tipping point blow up. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny that you kind of went there. Cause my question, my next question to you was, you know, now that you've been doing this for, you said 13, so what, eight years, seven, eight years, um, you're, you're on the other side of it, right? You're on the, you're on a completely different side. I'm just kind of curious as you, as your perspective now, where you are now looking back on that, I think it's important, and, I, and I'm, I'm having a, a, a bit difficulty framing the question because I've never asked this question, but when you do look back on it, you're on this side and your perspective now looking at that time, I think it would be good insight for people that are transitioning to have the, 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 the hope of what you've accomplished to feed their vision of what they can accomplish. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like us going into it, we're like, oh man, this is, whew, this is stressful and we're going to have retirements, which is huge. Yeah. But a lot of people listening, I think you could be a huge encouragement for those looking to transition because I think in five to 10 years from now, they're going to look back at this moment on a decision they made, hopefully made or didn't make and realize, you know, they're potentially be crushing it, doing great things. So yeah. I'm just kind of curious when you look back on it from this perspective, like what, what is your take on that now? Like what would be the advice that you give somebody like a couple of knuckleheads like us who are transitioning out? Yeah. I mean, I think part, a, a big thing uh, is, you know, with the fear, part of what I think people struggle with, because it was, this is me struggling on the fear side was uh, being so attached to to titles and like where you stand in a hierarchy um, and being used to that. I think my, my perspective is that people struggle with being confident enough in themselves to get over all of that and to say, screw all the rank and what I was and what I think I am. Um, you know, it, cause it doesn't matter. Like looking back, all of that stuff doesn't matter. Like it, it was all important and, and um, it, it was a part of it helped create who I am today. It's a part of a part of me and all all those things. But like, I'm never ever again tied to like my rank, right? Or like my role. Um, but I, I think people need to get over all of that. Like, get over like what you think you need to do, and what you're where you will start out in the civilian world, um, because there's and get over the fact that you think you need to get into like a w-2 job frankly um get over the salary thing because as a business owner now and as you guys totally understand i'm sure like when you look at what's risky versus not like being employed is just as risky as not as being self-employed right like the every business ultimately is generating revenue and it needs to come from customers. And you might just be receiving something that's guaranteed, but not really. 
because if revenue is not coming in, then employees aren't getting paid or employees are getting axed, right? So like get that idea of like, hey, something's more secure than the other, get that out of your mind, get over it um, and, and have confidence in yourself that you actually, if you just show up and you be a good person and you take care of people and you just do that every day, like you're going to crush it. You know, it's, I mean, and I'm, I'm simplifying it for sure. Right. There's a lot of nuances, but that's what I've seen. Like people that just get out there and they just attack it and they just do instead of just like plan and think they, they just go out and do more than planning and thinking. We'll say they do really well. Um, and you know, specifically on the real estate front, it's very easy to get caught up in like the paralysis side of, well, I don't know this. I don't know this. Like, how do I do this? And how do I talk to this these people? And how do I deal with the situation? Some people want to know all the answers before they do. And that just doesn't work. This is a, this is a, uh, a movement to contact type of industry. And that's a, the Marine, um, Marine, I guess, formation and Marine evolution. Um, where I was about to give you a yut right there. Yeah. <laughs> you get out. So movement to contact means I don't know where the enemy is. They're over there somewhere. And we're just going to start going until we run into them. And then we'll figure out our plan to, to um, overcome them. So that's what you have to do in, in figuring all this stuff out. Go, go quickly. Just start moving. Um, figure it out, feel confident in yourself in those fronts. So anyways, there's a lot of stuff there I can get into, but. Uh, I love that though, man, because you, w- the one thing you, you really hit on was that is that mindset piece. Yeah. Like, I think there's so much power and it's, it's probably one of the places we spend the least amount of time developing. Yeah. Cause we're concerned about all the other stuff, the ancillary. Okay. My income salary, all that stuff that you're talking about. And we don't spend time right here. And for those listening, I'm pointing to my head. Uh, we don't spend time developing that mindset and having the confidence to know, you know, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to fail. And I think that's huge. dude. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I, I think in the failing piece, what I've learned too, is I, I've learned to, because I've, I've, I failed on like micro scales or like, um, on the micro level, I failed multiple times on the micro level, which has allowed me to from the outside, look like I'm flourishing um, on on the macro side. I, I think as I've been in this longer and longer, uh, and maybe as you guys have seen um, as entrepreneurs, that I've become more and more confident in taking risks, just like to be going out there, trying it and being okay, knowing like, hey, if it didn't work, scratch it, do something else and just do it again and try that and then continue to adjust as you go. That I, I feel like that's a learned, um, that's a learned behavior, a learned skill. And it, it, it's something that you have to develop pretty quickly. And that really does tie into mindset big time because to be able to do that and fail and start over quickly, it, it can be really tough mentally um, to have to make that transition over and over and over and, and keep, keep trying and keep trying until you find the right thing that works. Um, and I know I'm really speaking in a lot of generalities here, but uh, that's just kind of a trend that I've seen myself over the last uh, few years yeah dude uh, i love it man uh, just uh, just the, the whole big concept of just betting on yourself and burning the ships and going all in and and knowing that you're not going to fail like that's huge man that's huge yeah. i'm curious you know when 
when you were when you were at that like the 18 month mark where you didn't know where your income was coming from next and when you're on the fence about trying to go get a uh, you know another job like wh- what did you what did you pour into like what did you focus on were you I mean were you at the point where like I just gotta go start knocking on doors I gotta start just networking my face off or do I need to build a team? Do I need to work on systems and processes? Like what, what were you kind of focused uh, on to get you over that, that hump, you know, to, to get you there? At that point it was controlling what I can control. And that was activity. Um, and it was really digging into all the sales related activities. It was like, okay, like dig into the network more, make more phone calls or try to engage with more people, try to meet with more people. Um, go to more events or create events or do, you know, a really easy thing for agents to do is host open houses. Yeah. Open houses, you can, you can meet all kinds of new people every time. So doing that was a big part of it. In fact, um, this one closing I had that in that March of 2015, I remember doing an open house. Um, I would say that really transformed my career. Um, and it was based on that, like, I just got to get out there and do it because there's no other option. And out of that one open house, I can think of two key clients. And from each of those clients came total, probably 20 deals um, over the life life of our relationship. All because I was there and I was like, this is going to work and it's going to happen. And, you know, they probably would have, if I asked them, they probably have no idea that uh, I was in the situation that I was in. which is of course the, the important thing, but um, yeah. So I forgot what your original question was, but. <laughs> no, it's good, man. Um, I think the biggest piece, uh, I think really in any business is, is just relationships. And, and yeah. um, you know, I know, I know I've noticed, uh, and I, I was joking about how we haven't, you know, hung out and, and talked in a while, but I've noticed that, that, that you are a relationship builder. And even if it's not you and me hanging out in person, like you're sending me, you know, handwritten notes, you're sending me cupcakes on my birthday, you're sending me, you know, calendar uh, events that are going on and just like continuous pouring into building relationships and and keeping those relationships is huge, man. And I think it's, I I personally think it's one of the the key reasons why you are such a successful realtor. and, uh, and I think it's really important for people to hear, not only just in the real estate business, but I think just in any entrepreneurial business in anything, I think building and maintaining a relationship is, is huge. And I would hundred percent agree. Any, any industry can learn how to do that better. Any yeah. business. Uh, I remember one key time when we bought our first home and we were going to do some work. We were going to like replace windows and some doors or whatever. And I remember even be, this is even before, I mean, this is of course, well before real estate and I was just getting into recruiting duty. So I didn't even understand sales. I had no idea other than car, used car sales. And this, we had a, a window sales guy come to our house and like walk us through everything. And uh, I remember him saying a lot of things about like, you know, we'll do this and we'll do this or we'll send this. And they never did. And then I know, I remember his name. His name was Bruce. Because I remember that Bruce pissed me off. Because Bruce, Bruce, if you're listening, you better send it. Listening, Bruce, because I hope you learned something from this. Bruce never like followed up with us and never asked about things. 
never did he it was just like he was there to just sell a product and then boom we were done and i remember that sticking with me like man i don't feel important i don't feel valued i don't feel like i'm the most important person you know that he's working with whatever and so that was a really important like memory for me that i still i still remember today that it influences how i engage with um or how i want people to feel and how i want them to be engaged with so that was a big one and then um you know we were, I was, we were talking about some fireplace work we had done at our house and we're like man that fireplace guy was awesome like fixed everything up did this and it's like but i can't remember his name and i don't remember anything about the name of his company and i really want to be able to call him up again if i need something and this is this morning actually and i was like boom like part of all of that is that we are people that just forget like we're all bombarded with info constantly all day long that it doesn't matter if I was the most amazing person and service person in the world. If I don't help people remember who me, who I am, what my name is, then eventually they're going to forget because that's just human nature. Um, so I think businesses can probably, I, I don't know the number of the percentage they could do more in revenue with, but part of the issue is that people just don't remember the company and they just find the next person online. Um, so anyway, there's some, being the, being the most known being the most known and not necessarily probably the the best at what you do but being the most known is probably pretty important yeah but i think that that has a, a it's very applicable to transitioning members as well where you can spend time and effort i think a lot of times we lose the relational piece the importance of that in our search for whatever it is that we think we need to find like for you know examples today i had a, a very very inspirational conversation with a guy that we don't talk often, we, we do, you know, we, we coordinate, but we had a, an over hour conversation and it was purely like edifying to both parties. And I think there's going to be future things that we do together. And, and, uh, um, but, but again, as you look to have those kind of conversations with people, as you, as you're transitioning, you start that networking piece. I think there's a couple of things that come out of it. Everybody says network, network, your network is your net worth, blah, blah, blah. Right you can really have some meaningful relationship building and good conversations. And from those things, from those efforts, that, that is a, that is literally an infinite ROI. Like you, you have no idea who you talk to that, that, and, and part of it is because the civilian world, it's not the ranks, right? It's not the, you could be talking to a multimillionaire. You don't even know that runs businesses and you present yourself well, and that they may reach back out and be like, Hey dude, I really liked you. Yeah. And so here's some opportunities. I've already seen that happen for some buddies uh, recently that are transitioning out that they don't even know who they're talking to. And then they find out later and you're not using people. It's not manipulative. It's just the activity of the networking and making yourself being present and being remembered because you, you never know whether it's business transitioning, looking for future jobs, looking for future employees what yeah. that really means. I think that's a huge piece that you, that you hit on and, and just be like a good dude, right? A good dude or a good dude at and, <laughs> and things are going to, there's a good potential that, that, uh, that something could come from that. Man, that's so true. Like I, I hate networking events. Um, and it's, and it, what I mean is like, I hate when I go there and people are like passing out business cards and they just want me to like do business with them. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, I don't even know you. Like, how do I, how can I trust you? Like, I don't even know if I like you yet. And you know, the no like trust thing is, I mean, that's the real thing. And it's, it, it applies 100%. 
in the real world, um, even more so than in the military, because um, because people have options. You know, they have options with who they want to work with and who they want to engage with. It's not like, oh, you're my CEO. I guess I have to talk to you and we have to do things together. Like, no, that doesn't apply anymore. So, you know, that's uh, when you can get it, right? Like, you know, when you've been to enough of these things, if someone just like, you know, just throwing the card out, like, you know that. And I, and I, and I usually, it's like totally transactional conversation. What's that? It's like totally transactional. It's like, here's my card. It is. Here's my card. Yeah, and I you know that, that, and I take those cards and I like, I don't even <laughs> trash because, you know, it's, but when the people <laughs> like sit down, they're like, Hey man, all right. So what's your name? Tell me about your family. Like, and they genuinely care and it's not fake. They genuinely care. Yeah. Man, that that's, and it may take longer, dude. And it may take longer, but, but yeah. the, the, sometimes when you slow back, you know, you, you, you dial back on the RPMs, like you can probably gain something from the, the details of those, of those interactions. Yeah. Like, and, and for, for transitioning folks or for anybody really like those events, when you go there, my, my mindset is always, if I can just meet one cool person, I'm, this is awesome. It was totally worth my time. I'm, I'm never going there. Like who's looking to buy or sell real estate. Like, I hope I find somebody here who wants to do business tomorrow. Like, absolutely not. Like it truly is just finding people that you want to be around and then investing in them. Cause you, you like it. And yeah. it could, you know, of course, yeah, if they have a, a value add and you have a value for add for them, those things all work out. But first and foremost, it's it's about just people and enjoying time with people. And that's another thing I guess just learned is you know, you want you just want to be around people that you enjoy being around because this business can be so tough. And just being an entrepreneur in Indian history can be super tough and sometimes very lonely. That the when you talk about like infinite ROI having that network where you can just be with those people that can just change your whole mindset and day for the better. It helps you get back in the game faster um, and accomplish bigger things. Think bigger. I mean, all these things that are just awesome, you know? Yeah, man. You know, I know we're running short on time. Um, and I have a lot of things that uh, we might have to keep you back on and we'll have another conversation uh, on another day, but you know, yeah. one of the things that I noticed again, as as a, as being the customer, you know, of yours is is just the team that you've built. You know, the um, you know your everyone on your team has a different role and a different part of the process, but but again, like they're all awesome. And and you know, you've I know I can just tell that you've poured your heart and soul as a leader um, and to build this team out right. And uh, you know, I think it's huge. Um, if you could just real shortly, like yeah. kind, of, kind of give me some of your thoughts and mindset on, on how you've kind of built your team. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate that because my, the most important thing to me, like I want every client to say that exactly. Like, I don't want it to be like, man, Drew's awesome. Oh yeah. And then his team was cool. Like they helped out. I want it to be like, man, like everything was great. People took care of me. People knew what to do and it all worked well. Like yeah. that's, that really is like, you just made my day. Thanks, man. Um, that's awesome. Um, but, you know, building a team, you know, we talk about there's different phases of, a, of your kind of real estate life cycle. You know, there's survival in the beginning, right? And yeah. there's like a little bit of, then you move to like stability. Um, 
which means like, okay, like money is kind of coming in normally. I'm getting used to this. And then you get to this place of like, we'll call significance. And I'm actually stealing these three phrases from uh, a guy named Brian Buffini, who's a, yeah, a big time real estate coach. I know. Um, and so, you know, survival, stability, and significance. As you start earning more or and your, your revenue in your business is, is growing, you, you start looking at like, how do I maintain or create the lifestyle that I want to create? How do I do what I need to do without sacrificing all the things that are most important to me? And then just like everything, you start looking, where do I, what can be created system wise? What tools can be implemented? What can be delegated? Who can you bring to the table? By the way, that book you're about to start reading, um, Who Not How. That's great. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal read. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm almost done with it. It'll transform, it'll transform how you think about everything. Yeah. So, and maybe you've already read it, but uh, so you start looking at who can do this, um, who can do it as well or close to as well as I can, um, and hopefully even better than I can eventually, that so I can focus on the things that are most important. Um, and then, so really it started out my first hire, my first official like W2 hire was in October of 2017. And that was me like, Hey, I, my cousin was graduating college and she had marketing and like all this kind of background. I was like, Hey, I need somebody to come help do some more things and help me get a system going. So I hired her and then 2018 made my second um, hire, which was like more of the, the ops manager role coming in to help um, kind of run things with uh, transaction and, and kind of buyer and listing um, ops. So did that and learned to offload these things. And then that allowed me to dig in other things a little more. And then it truly became like, you know, you're kind of visualizing your process in your business. I could start like just pinpointing and, and like, okay, I want to dig into that. or I want to dig into that or I want to change this. And he started, I don't know, just started clicking um and so now the the fun thing now after that kind of internal and we're still we always are working on how we're doing things internally with support now i'm thinking okay how do you how do we recreate this and create it where a system where we're, we're helping create freedom for agents while um helping you know cre creating freedom for agents without their production suffering essentially so and and, and how to implement and integrate agents into the system, um, how to do the training and like implement training or, or systematize that a little more. So there are a lot of things that at this stage now, like I'm looking at and trying to figure out and what, what um, core capabilities can we add on to the team all towards, again, this goal uh, of, you know, kind of just building wealth for, for veterans and, and of course our clients, but um, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to think about it, right? Yeah, to be in a place where you can even think about it. And then the, the freedom to implement it. Yeah. That's the autonomy to implement it, which is, which is the awesome part. Um, but I can go on, on on that for another couple hours. So we won't do that. Like I said, man, we got to have you back on. We'll have another episode. Yeah. But yeah, we can talk the, the kickoff on the team side more too. Um, in person or whatnot. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we're short on time because of all the time we spent yeah, investing in each other and having a conversation beforehand, which was, which was rich, right. Which was, you know, as, as awesome as this podcast has been for me personally, the time before it, 
the relational part of it was, uh, man, it's so significant for me. And, 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 uh, and I think, you know, as we go forward, your name always comes up for Stu and I, as, as we talk about transitioning to Colorado and Denver and, and what the future looks like. You and I have talked, uh, Drew, you know, uh, not too long ago about just, you know, what the future looks like. And, and so, man, it's, it's awesome. I love it. I think, you know, my biggest takeaway, uh, one, thank you. Thank you for, you know, your time and sharing and, and, uh, the relationship and, and, and really you've encouraged me because a lot of times I struggle with that piece of, you know, the things you've said to get over, I struggle with each of those and, and not necessarily having the, the confidence or the self-belief or the mindset to be like, man, we're going to, we're going to make this happen. We're, we're going to, we're going to set our goals and we're going to make it happen. It's going to be awesome. And, and, and it'll be meaningful. It'll be significant and it'll be for the kingdom and, and all the things we want to do, just take action, plug away, man, and have confidence in, in your ability. I yeah. love it. I love it. I think more people need to hear that. And I think more people need to, uh, to let that feed them and their confidence so that they can do amazing things. I totally agree. Got to hear it. I have to hear it more and more. I have to hear it all the time because you get that trash talk in your head and it's easy to get isolated and you get down on yourself to doubt. And that's just a bad place to be. That's not uh, what we were created for, frankly. Yeah. And I love it, dude. Love Drew, it. how many, how, uh, how can people get in touch with you? You know, if, uh, if they're looking for, for advice on, you know, the real estate side or, or if they're moving to Denver and, and looking for uh, yeah. an amazing realtor. Um, a couple places, you know, uh, find me on LinkedIn, you know, look up Drew Morris, uh, realtor, um, you know, go to modernwesthome.com. If you want to check out the website, uh, find me there, um, Facebook, Instagram, all that, but yeah, you know, we can email Drew at modernwesthome.com. I mean, all those places are good places to start. Yeah, so, and we'll put, we'll put your website and put those links in the show notes, uh, for, for folks to, to check out. Cool. Well, dude, this has been this has been good, man. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man, and um, and yeah, man, we'll have you back on and and uh, talk more shop, talk more goodness. Awesome, yeah, this is really great, man. I'm I'm so thankful that you guys do something like this, and you're helping people. I'm honored to be a part of it, to offer something, um, hopefully, to it, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. Yeah, brother, we'll be uh, can't wait, can't wait, some coffee or some beers or something soon. Yeah, sounds good. All right, guys and gals. <laughs> Go, uh, go connect with Drew. Um, he's an amazing dude, amazing realtor, and, and uh, just, a, just a pretty rad guy. Um, and, uh, hey, if you like this, give it a screenshot, share it on your platforms, tell people about this, invite people to come listen to this podcast. And uh, we always like those five-star reviews. And uh, even David, you can give him a five-star review. He's, he's an all right guy, too. And most Thank you, Stuart. You're welcome. Very... Uh very generous of you. You're welcome. Uh, hey, go fill your storehouse. Hey, thank you for joining us, friends. Go take some action. See ya. Peace. Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.